listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you right across Australia from sunny Hobart. It's a beautiful sunny day here today, isn't it Gary? It is, it's really great. We should actually be outside Jason. We should be, it's beautiful down here today and uh, this is uh, Gary's program today, Lifetime Search. We join you each Tuesday morning at 9am and if you're listening in Tassie you can also hear us at 4.30pm Now every Tuesday we have Gary Webster in the studio so welcome Gary, uh, we've got a great program lined up for our listeners today um, Now Gary, I know you do quite a bit of travel as part of your work and uh, you go to lots of interesting places but um, just share with us uh, some of the most memorable sites you've seen Oh, good, 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 Jason. That's a, <laughs> so many. It's I've not seen. a question. <laughs> no, it's not a question. But there's so many sites I've yeah. seen. Uh, pyramids are awesome. <laughs> I mean, you you just stand beside those things and actually you go inside and climb up the ascending passage. Well, that's amazing. I think the Iguazu Falls in Brazil was awesome. I mean, the, the falls are just everywhere. It just boggles your mind. I've been to the Niagara Falls some years ago with my wife and. My, my, my kids, my daughters, but that, these are, these are even better than that. They're, they're spectacular. Mm. Ephesus in Turkey is awesome. Oh, another one, Jason, was the Andes Mountains of Peru. When I went, when you go up to Machu Picchu, I took a train, and either side there's huge mountains with snow covered on either side as you just wind your way there in this train. Like it's, it's spectacular. Mm. And then I think Persepolis in Iran. That's a spectacular city. But probably one of the most interesting that I've also had is Jerusalem's Dome of the Rock. You've seen that golden dome thing, yeah. In Jerusalem, we, you can't go in there today unless you're a Muslim. But the first time I went to Israel, you could go in. So I went inside that, and you you see this 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 place. It's sacred to both Muslims and Jews. And uh, prep, I'll, I'll talk more about that Dome of the Rock a little later in our program. Actually, okay. Now we have our show number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We encourage you to save that somewhere, write it down. That's our Tassie Encounters number specifically for communicating with us. And so if you've got questions, you've got feedback, you've got any thoughts that you'd like to share with us, we encourage you to text in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. And of course later in the program, as we normally do, we will have a special offer that we'll be giving away a book. And uh, we've got five copies of this book to give away today, so it'll be the first five in for that offer. Terrific book, too. Yeah, we'll tell you more about it later. Just have to wait for that uh, information, and later in the program we'll give you the code. So, Gary, what have you got uh, prepared for us today? Well, today I want to introduce our listeners, uh, Jason, to the father of both the Jews and the Arabs, you know, Abraham. Actually made front cover story of Time magazine a few years ago, would you believe? Okay. <laughs> so um, what, uh, what are you going to share? And, and I, guess, I guess Abraham is the father, as you know, we, we yeah, see in we, the Bible. And well, what evidence do we have for him? Yeah, right. We're going, to track, we're going to track, you know, his story, but we're also going to see the significance of this man and the significance of the Middle East as well. So the evidence, you just asked that question, yeah. evidence for Abraham. Well, there's, uh, there's good evidence for this, the uh, historicity or the historical accuracy of this story. First of all, some years ago, 1975, in fact, archaeologists were digging in, in Syria in a place called Ebla, known as Tel Madik. And they discovered here this city, not far from a very important place mentioned in the Bible where Abraham was part of his journey, Haran, northern Syria. And in Ebla... They discovered a royal archive library, if you would, 15,000 tablets. And among them, they found the names 
like Abram, David, and other names that you find in the Bible. Okay. Now, we're not suggesting that, that the, the, the name Abraham there meant the Abraham of the Bible, but clearly whoever wrote the Bible understood the sort of names that were being used in that particular culture at that time. Mm. Now, of course, this goes back to the very first book of the Bible, isn't it? Yes, we're going right back, 1500 BC when Moses wrote it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so but the story goes back even before that, of course. Yeah, okay. As Moses is, uh, sorry, Abraham's living r- roughly 2000 BC, we'll say. Mm. Uh, customs. The, the customs of, of the story of Abraham are also interesting because they've actually found that these were the customs of people back in those times in places like Mari in northern Syria, Ur near the Persian Gulf, Nuzi, uh, Nineveh in Iraq. They discovered tablets from the time of Abraham. Okay. And these tablets mean, mean, mention some of the customs. For example, uh, it was c- customary for people back in those to marry a half-sister. Uh, and we remember in the story of Abraham, we'll see it more later, he marries his half-sister. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a servant can be made heir if you don't have children. Well, that's figures in the story of Abraham. But yeah. they found that this was a custom at the time. Another one was a servant girl of a wife. If the wife couldn't have children, she could ask the servant girl to become sort of like another wife for, to her husband and get children for her. Okay. Well, of course, that's mentioned in the story of Abraham, as we'll see. So when they discovered these sorts of customs, they realized, oh, whoever wrote the story of Abraham he was very understanding of the times. They must have lived back then, the people who, you know, Abraham was in that cultural time. Yeah, because some of those things would be uh, strange to us now. They are. Um, we, we wouldn't typically uh, do those sorts of things. So, And also some of them were not in agreement with what the Bible actually said, later on mm, mm. interesting um, so we are going to we've got a bit more to talk about before we go to a break so what else um, well what, I, we, we've, we've got this title Israel at the crossroads so what has Abraham got to do with that title oh, that's a good question <laughs> I think that's probably one of the most important questions <laughs> yeah that's, that's a good, good let's go to that let's go to the where the story of Abraham starts in the Bible it's a fascinating little read Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 to 3 the Bible says now the Lord had said to Abram uh, get out of your country uh, leave your family and so on to a land that I will show you and I'll make you a great nation and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed now you'll notice Jason he mentions three things here first yep. of all what's the first one you notice he mentions Get out of your country. Yeah, to where? To a land. Right, so so it's a piece of real estate. <laughs> yeah. The first thing God says, Abraham, I've got a, a special piece of real estate for you to live in. Now, of course, that, that bit of land eventually becomes what we call Israel today. It was the, where the Canaanites lived, and, and so this was the land of Israel. Now, why that piece of real estate? Well, if, you, if our listeners and yourself, Jason, go to a map of the Middle East, you'll notice that the area of Palestine or Israel today is smack bang in the middle of that part of the world in those times. South is the great civilization of Egypt. North is is where the Hittites lived in the area of Turkey. And then to the east further, you have the huge Mesopotamian region where there was massive civilization. So people traveling from, say, from Egypt to Mesopotamia, they would have to go through Palestine. And, of course, then they would be in contact with the Israelite peoples, all right? Mm. So, in other words, God put Abraham, or said, I'm going to give you this piece of real estate because it'll give you global reach to people who will come and go through this particular area. 
In fact, that's what the Bible actually says where he placed him. If you could read for us the book of Ezekiel, chapter 5, verse 5, notice what he says. It says, Thus saith the Lord God, This is Jerusalem. I have set her in the midst of the nations and the countries all around her. See, exactly what, what we exactly see what geographically. Yeah. Right. And then the second thing we read out of that text that we read earlier, uh, when God called Abraham, said, hey, listen, go to a special piece of land, um, some real estate there. The mm. second one was, hey, a special people, mm. a great nation. Great nation, yeah. Now, that nation, of course, becomes... The nation of Israel. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Israel. And these people were actually to reveal God's love by their life, mm. which was why God gave them the Ten Commandments. Because mm-hmm. as we saw a few weeks ago, the Ten Commandments define and protect our most important relationships in life. In fact, if you could read for us uh, Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 18, you'll see why God gives these commandments to these people. It says, also today, the Lord has proclaimed you to be his special people, just as he promised you that he should keep all his, that you should keep all his commandments. Okay. So what made them a special people? That they kept the commandments. Right. If they kept the commandments, they would be showing their love for God. Mm -hmm. And then they would have loving relationships with fellow human beings. Mm -hmm. And and, and isn't that attractive? You know, if you you see someone who's nice, they're kind, they're gentle, they're happy, they go out of their way to... You're drawn to that sort of a person. You want to know what makes that person tick, sort Mm -hmm. of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So God had them to be a special people. Now, of course, anybody who follows those commandments and follows God can have the same attitudes, of course. But this was a special people in this part of the world to be attractive to others, to draw them to the next thing. And that was they... These, the the but, last thing in there says uh, that they would be... The earth shall be blessed by them. Exactly. Yeah. But we just missed a text that I, I wanted oh, to sorry. read. That's, no, that was my fault. Um, these loving relationships with God by keeping the commandments. I want you to notice Deuteronomy 4 verse 6. This is, this is fascinating. It says, therefore, be careful to observe them, that's the commandments, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes or laws and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. See, so they were going to be attractive because of their their kind attitudes and their, you know, the people would say, wow, well, they've got something that we need. Okay. Mm. Now, that last one, Jason, the yeah. third thing was a special Purpose, yeah, okay, and, and that was to bless the earth shall be blessed. Exactly, yeah. the, they would they would have helped the rest of the world. So they weren't there just for themselves. No, God says through you, Abraham, and through your offspring, you're going to bless the hmm. world. Read for us Isaiah forty nine three and six, and we see this same theme coming through in Isaiah's writings. And he said to me, "You are my servant, O Israel." I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Yes, so there it was. You're going to be able to help the rest of the world find this. They're going to be part of this last empire with no death, no sorrow, no suffering, no pain. So how would that be? Well, one, Paul tells us very clearly, the Messiah came through the Israelites. He was born in this part of the world so that there would be global reach. People would hear about this Messiah. And the second way was before Jesus came, they had those temple services. And these temple services were really trying to say how the Messiah would, who was to come would save the world. We'll actually go to that another time, how those 
temple's work. So Jason, that was that was Abraham, that unique call. God put him at the centre of the then known world in terms of that part of the world mm. so that he could have global reach. So that's where the title Israel at the Crossroads exactly. comes in because it was a, a place where people passed through. Exactly. Yeah. That is the crossroads. But yeah. we're going to see even more than just that. Okay. We'll see something about the significance. No worries. We're going to go to a break now. And uh, this first song is called Redeemer of Israel. Redeemer of Israel, our only delight, on whom for a blessing we call our shadow by day.
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're talking with Gary Webster and uh, today Lifetime Search is his series. We're talking about Israel at the crossroads and we've just been learning about the land, the specific place that God gave Abraham way back a long, long time ago and uh, it was interesting to learn this this space, which uh, now includes, well, it, it would have been larger than the modern-day Israel. Yes, exactly. It yes. would have uh, extended beyond the borders that we know of Israel today. From uh, when God called Abraham, he says it goes from, from Egypt border in the south to the Euphrates, Euphrates River. Euphrates River up in, in the between. north. Yeah, yeah but um, so... Yeah, what 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 do we what do we need to learn more from this story? This this story of of Abraham here. So it's it's fascinating to know that that God put them there yes. for a particular purpose, yeah. so that people could see really about Him, learn yes. about Him, learn about God's salvation. Yeah. So yes, Jason, there's a there's a there's a lot of lessons we can learn from Abraham in his story, and that's why I wanted to share it this morning. Uh, first of all, we remember that there were three things that God promised Abraham. He said, a land, uh, two, a special people come from you, and thirdly, you've got a special purpose. So a special place, a special people, a special purpose. We can mm. remember it that way. And those three things actually play out in Abraham's own life, uh, which is rather fascinating. So let's begin with, with um, uh, Abraham and think you could summarize Abraham's life in one word. And, and the whole of his life and the, and the struggles that he had in his own journey around one word, and that would be faith or trust. Mm. He had faith in God, but as we're going to see, he, he struggled sometimes with his faith in God. Let's, let's begin with it in terms of his faith around the land bit, the special place. Uh, if you could read for us Hebrews 11 verse 8 in the New Testament, Jason, that would be great. Yeah, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. That takes faith, doesn't it, to move out where you Mm. don't even know where you're going. So Abraham's faith here was seen by his obedient trust in God. And we pick that up when we go back to the story in Genesis 12. Let me just read. Notice what happens here when Abraham's called. It says now that, by the way, Abraham at this time was living, first of all, in Ur, and he left Ur in response to what we're just about to read. And he goes to Haran, lives there for a while, and then he continues his journey. Now it says in Genesis 12, verse 1, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. See, see, God says, I'm going to show you where this land is, but when you take off, you don't know where you're going. Mm. That would take <laughs> some doing, wouldn't it? I think it would. I, I think um, I remember many years ago they used to have these uh, mystery flights where oh, you yeah. could actually book uh, an air ticket yeah. from uh, somewhere like Melbourne or something, yeah. and you didn't know where it was going. It would be a bit like one of those journeys. It would be only <laughs> worse because you're not coming back. No, that's right. You're not coming back. <laughs> you don't know where yeah. you're going. Yeah. Uh, so he, he, as we said, he didn't know where he was going, but God would show him. That was God's promise. It's rather scary. Now, read for us verse 4 and notice what happens next. It says, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Now, hang on, hang on. I mean, it's usually the young people that take a, a trip into the unknown. You know, mm. we like to tour around the world. We don't know sometimes where we're going to go. We just jump on the flight. Oh, yeah, I'd like to go to that place. Yeah, let's hop up there. But Abraham's 75 years old. Yeah. He's not a young chap. 
And I guess at that time, what would be the, uh, the, the expected lifetime? Well, it was a bit longer than 75, that's for sure, because Abraham himself uh, lives to 175, Right. But that doesn't seem to be really absolutely normal. His wife lived to about 120, I think it was, 100, just over, yeah, about 120. 120, so, so, so you'd say than, it's certainly past his middle age. Ex- absolutely. Yeah. It's not usually, in, in most people's, not usually yeah. the time you take off. So, yeah. But he obeys God even at that age. But there's even more. Read for us verse 5, uh, Jason. This is interesting. So then Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Now think of it. The guy is 75 years of age. Now he takes from Mesopotamia, first of all, to Haran. That's now down on the Persian Gulf. Uh, and he travels not knowing where he's going, takes his whole family, his whole clan with him. <laughs> you'd, you'd be saying to this, this to Abraham, uh, you don't know where you're going and you want us to follow you? Come on, man, give me a break. Mm. <laughs> but he does it. And that travel, you know how far that is, Jason, when he started? 2,809 kilometres. That's quite is, a distance. Yeah, especially <laughs> on a camel. They, they didn't have uh, vehicles in those days. No, so yeah. it's quite a, quite a feat. And then I want you to notice what happens when when uh, God speaks to Abraham. Notice what he says in verse 7. Let me read it. Then, So when, when Abraham gets there, then the Lord said to him, Abraham... To you and your descendants, I'll give this land. This is the peace land. You now, you've now arrived. Yeah. Um, and there he built an altar to the Lord and he, God appeared to him. There must have been some, um, I guess, thought or inclination for Abraham to head in that direction. I yes. Guess. God was guiding me, promised God he must was have, Yeah. God yeah. must have been guiding him. Yeah. yeah. This is where you've got to go. So when he got there, by the way, he didn't know how God would make good on the promise Mm. because the Canaanites and all sorts of people lived in this place, but God says, this is the one. So Abraham, you know, he had incredible faith to know, all right, this is where God told me to come, and one day this piece of real estate is going to belong to to my descendants and myself. Let's let's notice verse 9 now, Jason, if you could read verse 9. This is Hebrews 11 verse 9 now. It says, uh, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. He believed God. God wants us to do the same. Trust yeah, him that, by following. That's what you that's were meant what to say. That's, that's what I was going to comment on. So you, t- you stole my thunder, yeah, Jason. <laughs> so that's what you've just read is this. He believed God. Yeah. And the thing is, God wants us to do this. Sometimes we don't know. You know, God asks us to do something we, and we're a bit afraid. How, 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 what, what will that really work out? Well, if we follow God like Abraham, God will work things out. Mm. Uh, we can trust him by following uh, what he says. So that's a that's um, very important uh, principle here. Yeah, yeah. So, so we get an insight into Abraham, this man. Yeah. Personally trusted God. He took God at His word. But was he just born this way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, like, do, how do we how do we get a strong trust like that? Yeah, that's a good question, Jason. I guess that really is 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 a lot of the lesson we learn from here on in because while Abraham he starts off with great faith it doesn't seem that he's wired this way to trust God naturally because we're going to see what happens Mm. Uh, and and so thank that's a good question 
Well, let's go to the second point now. We've talked about the land. He steps out in faith, right, and moves out because uh, God calls him. And so we see his faith. Now, when it comes to a special people, this is what we notice. Um, Abraham was the first of the Israelite nation. Remember, he's the father of the Israelites. And even though he had faith, he did struggle with his faith. And like us, faith didn't come naturally or trust. Let me let me illustrate it by some examples. Abraham comes into Egypt. There's a famine. So he's, he's sort of settled in Canaan or Palestine, we could call it that. Uh, he's settled in there. But then a famine comes. So he says, I better go to Egypt to get some food and settle down there because it's a little bit more productive with the Nile. Now, so he goes to, to Egypt, and but he doesn't trust God to look after him because he says to his wife, he says, sweetheart, um, you're my wife, we know that, but you're also my half-sister, remember? So say to Pharaoh, because you're a beautiful woman. She's beautiful. She's, she's 65, and she's still, she's still a real lovely-looking lady. And he says, so say to the Egyptians that you're my sister, so then they won't kill me and take you, you know. So she, she plays along with the game. And, and Pharaoh and his people, he takes this lady into his home, into his harem, really, and that a plague breaks out. And Sarah must have said to him, actually, uh, yeah, I am his half-sister, but I'm also his wife. So, you know, I guess uh, Abraham here was scared that he, that uh, Pharaoh might say, well, I want his wife. So exactly. We'll, we'll knock him off. Exactly. And, uh, well, I'll take Sarah. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what Abraham yeah. says. So, yeah. so this plague breaks out and Pharaoh mm. says, why didn't you tell me that this lady was your wife? Mm. You, you know, you, we, could have, we could have all been dead, man. Mm. He says, now, now, please, leave this place. You know, you've brought... So here, here's a good example of Abraham, a man of faith, but his faith faltered at this point because he, he sort of told a white lie, mm. <laughs> if you like. Um, so interesting. The next one is Abraham and Eliezer. Now, Eliezer is the sort of like what we would call, he's the, the manager of Abraham's whole business, his whole family, his clan, if you like, okay. and all the animals. And so uh, God says, Abraham, you're going to have um, a, a son and come through. And, and he says, listen, I'm sort of getting old here. <laughs> sort of doesn't happen to your wife when you get that. He says, hey, why don't we go to that custom that that we have from Mesopotamia where your servant can become your heir? And God says, no, nah, that's not what I meant, Abraham. Mm. Um, nice try. <laughs> God says, no, it's going to be from your own body. Uh, so here's another little example. We'll see some more after the break, Jason. But here's another example where... Where Moses, he's got faith, but his faith a little bit, little bit shaky, yeah. like it, ours. It, it's interesting, isn't it? How, uh, how uh, he's used as an example of faith, but yet, yes, he struggled at times. <laughs> and I think that's why, mm. Jason, because God, God knows. Yes, we need faith, but all God's people have struggled with this, and we, we, we're going to track more of this struggle at mm. Abraham as we're trusting God. Yeah. Now we'll just uh, mention our uh, the title of our book today is called Patriarchs and Prophets. We're going to give you a bit more information after the break. That's uh, Patriarchs and Prophets. Uh, and uh, if you haven't got it written down, zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one is the number. Write that down, and uh, we'll be giving more information about this free offer just after the break. Here's our song, He Leadeth Me, by Candy Pearson Shelton. He leadeth me, oh blessed thought, oh works with heavenly comfort fraught. Whate'er I do, where'er I be, still tis God's hand that 
Listening to Tazian Callas on Faith FM. 
And uh, before the break, we said that we'd give you a bit more information about our free book offer today. And that book is called Patriarchs and Prophets. It's the first volume in the series Conflict of the Ages. It covers the sweeping panorama of human history from the creation of Earth to the reign of Israel's king. Now, we'll give you a bit more information about that later. And, of course, we'll give you the code to claim that book as well. We've got it's, five only today. It's a great book that actually makes some of the Old Testament stories really come alive. It's a fantastic uh, read. Actually. Yeah, awesome. Now, uh, Gary, we were talking about some of the examples where Abraham struggled with his faith and uh, mm. didn't quite do what uh, God probably would have wanted him to do. Yeah, it's just we did look at some and, of those. And you've got a few more examples, I believe. Yes, yes, we're going to finish those off uh, now, Jason. By the way, that song, He Leadeth Me, this is a great story of Abraham really God led him mm. even though sometimes he uh, he, he sort of uh, buckled it a few times he, here's one of them how about this one um Sarah's Sarah's you know getting getting really old past the time of uh, childbearing and she's got no child and and so Sarah brings up an old custom that was practiced in Mesopotamia where they uh, they came from she says you know I got a slave girl here why don't you sleep with my slave girl dear Abraham mm. and, and and have a child uh, through her for me because that was a custom mm. so Abraham does uh, he doesn't trust God because God said Abraham you are going to have a child meaning you and your wife Sarah mm. so Abraham buckles to this request and of course a lot of tragedy results you know there's a child is born to Hagar and there's fighting that goes on in the home it's interesting that that it was Sarah's idea but once it had happened she then yes, couldn't she, handle it yes yeah, she sort of almost she blamed Abraham jealous, yeah. almost you know says Abraham you know this is a, this is a problem what have now. you done what have you done <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, typical of us, us humans isn't it it is but look, look, there's even more. And in fact, Jason, it even gets funnier the next the next encounter we have with Abraham's struggle for faith. Um, God comes and visits Abraham, uh, and he says to Abraham, "This is after this event where they've got this child." He says, "Abraham's going to have uh, uh, going to have a child." Uh, read it for us, actually, because it's, it's quite funny. You read Genesis 17, verse 15. It says, "And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarah, thy wife." Thou shalt not call her name Sarah, or Sarai. How do you say that, Gary? Sarai. Sarai. So her original name was Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Now this is God speaking to Abraham, it says. Now notice, notice Abraham's reaction to what uh, is a reaction of unbelief. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. <laughs> you can almost picture this guy is in his tent and God speaks to him and he, and he, and he falls on his face and laughs. Come on, this is, this is impossible. <laughs> yeah. So, so is this after he's had the, um, yes, the child Ishmael. with Hagar? Yes, yeah, right, that's okay. right. He's had the child. Right. And now his wife's getting old. She's 90 years of age. Now listen, what it says, oh, I should have read the whole Abraham fell on his face and he laughed and said in, his, said in his heart, in other words, in his head, shall a child be born unto him that is 90, is 100 years old, and Sarah that is 90 years old? He says, come on, this is, this is crazy. And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before me. In other words, Lord, Lord, this is, this is not, this is not possible. So, so why don't you let Ishmael, the, my, my son through Hagar, be the child? And God says, no, no, Abraham, that's not what I got in mind at all. Mm. Uh, so notice, notice verse, um, 
Verse 19, Jason, read it. Yeah, and God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. So it's an amazing story. Abraham, he can't stand. By the way, God comes again and Sarah's in the tent and God says to Abraham, Abraham, Sarah's going to have a child. And she laughed. Mm. She thought, this is a joke. <laughs> so, you, you, know, you can sort of understand it like oh, in terms of, of course you, you know, can. <laughs> you're past your childbearing age yes. and, and it's you know technically impossible. Exactly. And then God says it's going to happen. But what this is telling us, with God, nothing is impossible. That's and that's what God was trying to get across to Abraham. Mm. One more one more of Abraham's struggle with faith. Well, there's two more. We'll bring the last one, the last one up at, toward the end. But he lies again. He goes to a place called um, Gira, which is sort of down south of southwest Palestine. And, and there's a guy called Abimelech. And Abraham says, just like he said to Pharaoh, he says, uh, this is not my wife this is my sister well he tells his wife tell him i'm your sister you know you're, you're my sister and this that's is the second time he's this done is that the second <laughs> time i mean come on this is amazing this is really helpful for us as humans isn't it mm. anyway uh Abimelech has a dream and he dreams god gives him a dream and says listen you guys are going to be in real trouble because you've got a, a man's wife in your in your you know you've taken her into you and Abimelech wakes up and he says what have you done to me man why didn't you tell me she was your wife i wouldn't have even brought her in here um, fortunately, they hadn't slept uh, together, and so, you know, here's Abraham again, Jason, struggling. But anyway, let's turn Maybe. to some of the good things <laughs> about Abraham as well. <laughs> there must there must be some good things. So, so uh, yeah, what are what are some of the things that you know? Earlier, we were talking about Abraham, um, you know, being this the person who was given the land, yes, and that was to attract people to God's way, right. Um, so what, what are some, what of, are the some of the what are some yes. of the qualities that uh, that make Abraham uh, somebody that you wanted to be like rather yeah. than somebody who uh, dodged the <laughs> tried to dodge the bullet all the time? Yeah, exactly. Well, let's be fair on Abraham. He did have great faith. He, mm. he really did, but he struggled with faith as well. That's what we said. Um, well, number one, Jason, with other qualities, he was a very unselfish man. You know, when he's travelling with Lot, well, they come to to Palestine, and and, and there's squabbles going on between their their sheep herders, you know. And, and Abraham says to Lot, he says, "Listen, we're 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 relatives. Let's not have fighting among us." He says, "Look, you choose the best. You choose the land where you want to go, and I'll go the other way." Mm. So Lot chooses the best, and so Abraham goes to the other way. He's a very kind, gracious person. That's the, that's one of the things. He's a courageous man. A huge army came from Mesopotamia and took the king of Sodom and a whole and four other kings with him and all the people captives. Among them was Lot because Lot was living uh, in Sodom area, you know. Yeah. So Abraham with 300 soldiers, 300 I should say servants who armed themselves, he goes and beats them in a battle. I mean, that takes courage. These guys came from Mesopotamia. These are the rulers of the world. Mm. But Abraham defeats them. With 300 people. Yeah. yeah. So he's a, he's a very courageous man. Mm. He's a generous man. When, when he gets all the loot from this conquering these kings, he says, no, I'm not going to have any of it because I don't want you king, to, the king of Sodom, I don't want you to say that you made me rich. No, 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 no. And, and he, he allows others to have the loot who went with him on this raid, but he, he's not going to take it. And then he gives a tenth of, of what he, he actually got to God as well. It's a very generous spirit indeed. He, had a, he was a man of concern for others. For example, Lot and the Sod, you know, Lot was taken with the Sodomites, so he chased after them, as we said. He was concerned about them. When fire was going to fall on Sodom, 
Lot, Lot pleads with God, hey, would you do it for 50 people, 40 people, good people in that city? He even gets down to 10. Mm. So he's a, he's a very he's a good man. He's a spiritual person. He tells others about his great God as he journeys and he sets up altars to, to God. So Abraham is a good, a good man. Yes, he struggled with his faith. But uh, he was a good guy. When we come back, Jason, after the next song, um, we'll talk about the final struggle with his faith that actually becomes a blessing to every one of us, even today. Okay. Now, a bit more about the, our book giveaway today. Five copies only. The first five in will receive this, Patriarchs and Prophets. Um, it, it has unusual insights. The author describes the role of our planet in the cosmic conflict between right and wrong, truth and error. She describes the tragic rebellion that took place in heaven many thousands of years ago and makes plain that this ongoing conflict between Satan and God affects each person who lives on earth. Patriarchs and Prophets shows how this conflict worked itself out in the lives of men and women in Old Testament times. It answers such questions as, where did we come from? Where are we going? And if God is all-powerful, why doesn't he prevent the spread of evil and its tragic results? There's, there's some big mm, questions there. Big, big questions. And uh, this book will help answer those. So after the break, we will give you the code. So hang in there. And, Jason, when we come back, we're going to go to that Dome of the Rock building we talked about at the beginning of the program. Okay. Let's uh, let's uh, listen to Lamb of God, God, Lamb of God by Audrey Assad.
Audrey Assad with Lamb of God. Beautiful piece of music. Now, before the break, we promised the offer, the code for the free offer, Patriarchs and Prophets. So you need to text in the word DIG, D-I-G, and the number 11, no spaces, DIG11. Text that into 0488880891, and the first five will receive the free book, Patriarchs and Prophets. So we encourage you to do that, 0488880891, DIG11, DIG11, no spaces. Now, Gary, we've just got a few minutes left, and you've got one more thing to share about this dome. Yes, yes, and one more thing about Abraham's faith, because... uh you know, we've seen he struggled with, with trusting God or at all times. He was a great man of faith, but he, God gave him another opportunity to develop his faith even more. And this brings us to the Dome of the Rock, Jason. Everybody's familiar with that golden dome building in Jerusalem. Mm. It's an Islamic building there. Um, why is it so important? Well, it's built over a rock. <laughs> so why is the rock so important? Well, that brings us to a story in the life of Abraham in Genesis 22, uh, when God asks Abraham to do almost what would can be considered impossible for a mm. human to do. Read for us Genesis chapter 22, verse 2, Jason. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. I mean, this seemed incredible. Take mm. your son. Abraham knew God, didn't want human sacrifices, but he also knew the, vo- the voice of God. So he hears us, Ab- God saying, Abraham, sacrifice your own son as a human sacrifice. Mm. And this is, his, this is the son that he's been waiting for for years that was born to his wife when she was 90 years of old by a miracle, 90 years of age by a miracle. So he's, he must have been struggling. How, why is God asking me to do this? But he knew the voice of God. So he and his boy take off. Doesn't tell Sarah, who wouldn't probably wouldn't be game, you know. <laughs> he, he takes off, and on the way, the boy says, "Hey, Dad, we got the wood, we got the, uh, we got the, um, you know, the fire, but where's the sacrifice?" Mm. And Abraham doesn't have the heart to tell him. He says, "Well, God will provide." Mm. And they get there to Mount Moriah, it's called, and um, uh, Abraham tells his boy Isaac that he's to be the sacrifice today. Well, Isaac evidently said, well, let's get on with it, Dad, because that's what God said. We, we need to do it. And so he's, he lays him on the altar. He's about to plunge the knife into him to kill him when a voice says, no, Abraham, don't do it. Don't do it. I was just testing you to see, do you really trust me? He said, don't, don't kill your son. If you look over there, you'll find an animal in the bush behind you. Take that animal in the place. Now, that site where this event took place is believed by scholars to be where this Dome of the Rock building oh, is. Oh, really? Yeah, this is Mount Moriah. Wow. Um, so, and this was the place, by the way, this rock is where Solomon, in, when he had his temple, this was the place of the altar of burnt offerings. Right. So scholars believe this place is where this story took place. Oh, I, did, I never realised yeah. that. And that's yeah. the, the Dome of the Rock on that building, in that, mm. that area. We which, call it. which was the original temple. Yes, yes. Solomon's and, temple. Yeah. Solomon's temple, yes. Mm. So... Yeah, this is the place. Now, notice what what Jesus said when he got here. It's a fascinating verse. Read for us John eight fifty six. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Now, how well, he was he was thousands of years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was two thousand years later. Jesus says, "Well, Abraham saw my day. How did Abraham see his day? Well, let's go back to when Abraham is." Walking with his boy Isaac up toward Mount Moriah. Read for us Genesis 22 verse 8. 
And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Ah, you see, Abraham saw something interesting that day. Mm. He was given a glimpse, really, into the future of another hill where another father and a son would go together. That Mm. was God the Father and Jesus Christ his son. But when they got to Mount Calvary, there would be no one who would call out, God, don't do it. Mm. For God so loved the world, the Bible says, that he gave gave his only begotten son. That's why Jason, Jesus is called all through the scriptures, especially the New Testament. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It's it's the title of our, our last song that we played there. Exactly. So what we see here, Jason, is Abraham... His faith reaches out to God and says, well, in fact, the book of Hebrews says that Abraham considered that God was able to raise his son from the dead. Mm. (laughs) He had faith that if God asked him to do this, God would somehow do something. And God did, as we as we saw in the story. But this whole story was to show the purpose now, Mm. because the purpose was one day through your offspring, Abraham, and Jesus came through his line. This would be the savior of the world who would die for the sins of the whole world on Mount Calvary, not far from where the Temple Mount is in Jerusalem. So a beautiful story, three things, special place, special people for a special purpose, to bring God's saving love to the world. Mm. That's fantastic. And uh, all from this uh, story of Abraham yeah. who lived, what, about 2000 BC? Two, yes, or, it's around about 2000 BC, yeah, roughly. Yeah. I'll put it that way, yeah. yeah so, so that's, what, 4,000 more years ago? Yeah, 4,000 years ago. That's amazing. And, uh, and of course, um, that, that portraying of what was to come. Yeah, in, exactly. In the life of Jesus. Yeah. 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 This is the blessing for the whole world. Yeah, amen. So, uh, Gary, um, I'll just uh, share that we've got uh, three winners of the free book offer today. So there's still time. There's two more books to give away. Uh, there's still time to do that. If you text in DIG11 to 0488880891. That's an awesome book. You don't want to miss that one. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's a good book. Um, we're, we're limiting it to five copies because it's, uh, it's, it's not a cheap book. It's a, it's a, it's a fantastic book. So... Do encourage you to uh, get your text in soon to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and the code is dig eleven. What have you got for us next week, Gary? Ah, oh, I'm going to be talking about a fishy story and other unbelievables next week. I want to take our our listeners next week, Jason, to a famous place called Capernaum. It's on what we call the Via Maris, the Way of the Sea, and it has very great significance. Uh, to an, an interesting stories next week, yeah. Okay. And tomorrow with Raiko Celic, uh, he's going to be talking about the signs before the destruction of Jerusalem and the second coming. And uh, he's, he's focusing on the last week of Jesus' ministry on his series 3MJ. Now we're going to uh, finish up today, and I just... Uh, Pray that you have a good day wherever you are. I'm going to enjoy the the nice uh, sunshine down here in Hobart. And uh, as we go out, we're going to listen to this song called Always Good by Andrew Peterson. Do you remember how Mary was grieving? And she fell at your feet 
If it's true that you know what I'm feeling Could it be that you're weeping with me? Arise, oh Lord, and save me There's nowhere else to go You're always good Always good well, Somehow this sorrow is shaping my heart like it should Suffered like I never could 